0: created from the very moment of conception that child is created and its, its genetic makeup is formed even its gender from that very moment of conception and then throughout these nine months that this process happens you know when the when the when the fetus is the size of a grape even it's already started to form limbs and fingernails it's amazing, isn't it? And by 20 weeks, this fetus is able to suck its thumb. It's able to yawn. It's just phenomenal, isn't it? To think that something so tiny can have all these features, can be able to do all of this stuff, and then you know, as it time goes on the the baby then gets ready to be born and and comes into the world and it 's just you know skipping over the gory part it 's just kind of beautiful isn 't it when this baby arrives and it 's just oh there 's just a real sense of awe and wonder at this this perfect process designed by our perfect god it 's beautiful isn 't it, but then just add on to that incredible thing that happens, the importance of that baby being born is the son of God. You take this thing that is already awesome and amazing and wonderful, and then you attach to that the importance of the fact that this child was the son of God, that actually what Mary went through, wow, how amazing and incredible was that, that the child being born was the son of God, the saviour of the world, God in human form. It's just amazing, isn't it? So I think it's good that on the run-up to Christmas, we just spend a little bit of time just thinking about the birth of Jesus and and what that really means and what it looks like. So we're going to read a few verses from Matthew Matthew chapter 1. If you want to turn with me, I'm going to start reading at verse 18. And it talks about the birth of Jesus. It says, it says this, And when Joseph woke from his sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but he knew her not until she had given birth to a son. And he called his name Jesus. I wonder, have we have we lost some of the awe of Christmas? Have we lost some of the wonder? Have we maybe lost sight of what it is that we celebrate this time of year? Let me just summarize to you real quick what it is that we celebrate at Christmas: love came down. Love came down. It's as simple as that. It's, and I think the beauty lies in its simplicity that actually what we celebrate is that love came down. Love came down. The world was lost. Humanity was going downhill rapidly. And this wasn't the first time, was it, that that actually things weren't going quite as planned on the earth and, you know, we talked about it in the previous series of Reboot about looking at this idea that actually God felt the need to hit the the reboot, the reset button and he sent the great flood and it wiped out the whole of humanity except for one family who then brought about the, you know, we're trying to bring back essentially what God had planned from the very beginning, that we should be honouring him, that we should be worshipping him that we should be living a life that is pleasing to him so God wiped out humanity and and he kind of brought about this reset this reboot and allowed the world to kind of get back on its feet to have another go at trying to live this life that he planned for us but then We see again, you know, fast forward a few hundred years and it gets to this time on the run-up to Jesus' birth. And the world was in a sorry state once again and people weren't honouring God with their lives. And they'd almost forgotten about what had gone on with God and, and the Israelites and all the amazing things that God had done over the history of time. And that had kind of almost been forgotten about and neglected. And so the world was heading in a place that was not what God intended, And so what he could have done is to hit that reset button once again, couldn't he? He could have brought another flood or a whole different natural disaster to wipe out humanity and to start over again. He could have done that, but he didn't. He didn't do that this time. Why not? Well, firstly, because he promised that he would never do that again. He made a promise you know, I've done this, I've, I've wiped everything out, we've started again, but I won't do that again. I won't do that again. But the other reason is that he knew it wouldn't work. You know, he could quite well have gone against his promise and just sent over another natural disaster or clicked his fingers like Thanos and wiped out the whole of humanity, but he chose not to do that. Sorry for those who do not get the Marvel reference. He chose not to do that because he knew it wouldn't work. He knew it wouldn't work. It would be like slapping a plaster on a bullet wound and hoping for the best. It wouldn't work. It just wouldn't work. It might have fixed things for a short time once again, but it it wasn't going to solve the root of the problem. It wasn't going to get to why this was going on. And so what did he do? He sent his son. Love came down. Love came down. And it's an interesting phrase, isn't it? I don't know about you, but when I hear that, love came down, my mind kind of goes to this picture of heaven being a literal place above us in the sky and then Jesus kind of walking down the stairs, making this grand entrance, or so, I don't know, maybe if he's feeling a bit lazy, he could take the lift and just kind of come down to earth. But, you know, that is obviously not, not what happened. But within this phrase, this idea, love came down. We see the reality of what God did. We see the truth about what it really means, what it is that we're actually celebrating at Christmas. That actually this almighty God that we serve, that we worship, that we praise, the almighty God was conceived inside an ordinary girl from Nazareth. And she gave birth to a son and she named him Emmanuel, which means God with us. God with us. Love came down to, to be with us. He came to earth to be with us. He came fully human to be with us. And I think that's what, for me, what this phrase encapsulates, that actually the almighty, all-powerful, all-knowing, all-loving creator of the universe became fully human and came down to live and to be with us. You know, he lowered himself from from being an, an infinite being. You know, we can't really grasp hold of just how big, how awesome, how amazing God is. If you can try and get a picture in your mind of what God really looks like, it is nothing in comparison to the truth of what he really looks like. We can never fathom exactly how big, how awesome, how mighty he is. And he lowered himself from being this infinite, all-powerful, all-knowing, all-loving being into the finiteness of man. He became like you and like me, as, as Yvonne already shared today. But even that wasn't enough, and this blows my mind, that actually the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the creator of the heavens and the earth, he could have chosen to come down to earth, but he could have played it out in a whole different way, couldn't he? He could have been born into a palace, He could have been born into a royalty. He could have landed himself into a family of power and wealth and influence. And yet instead, he chose to be born through an everyday, ordinary girl from Nazareth. It's incredible, isn't it? It's incredible that actually from someone so ordinary came someone so extraordinary. He didn't choose a palace. He chose a stable. He didn't choose a, a cot. He chose a feeding trough. He didn't choose to surround himself with, with wealth and with royalty and, and, and fame or anything like that. He chose to surround himself with, with animals and shepherds and just everyday things. When love came down, the almighty God became fully human for us with all our weaknesses, with all our frailties, with all of our failures. But why? Why did he choose such a setting? Why did he choose such, such humble and modest and seemingly insignificant beginnings to his, his time here on earth? Well, I believe that he came in humility to identify with the poorest and with the weakest of us, that actually he chose this, this simple beginning uh, instead of luxury from the very outset, because from the very beginning of his time here on earth, he wanted to demonstrate that he, he was not here for you know, the rich or those with status or, or those with power or influence or wealth. He was here for everyone, for all people. No matter who you are, no matter what your background, no matter what your history or what your past or where you've done or what you've been. He came for all people. Love came down. He came for you and he came for me. Love came down and rescued us. And I love this time of year for reminding us of that. And also what it reminds us of is, you know, we can spend time thinking about the birth of Jesus. But actually what it reminds us of is that this was just the beginning. The birth is just the beginning. And actually there was so much more that happened after that. We can't just, you know, remember a baby born in a manger and stop there because that was just the start. Things were about to get even better. I don't know about you, but... But life is crazy, busy right now. It's that kind of time of year where where life is just mental, and I hate that that busyness has become almost a, a, a you know something that we're proud of. You know, we have conversations. Oh, how's life? Oh, I'm just so busy, as if as if busyness equals importance. But life is busy. If we're honest, life is really busy. It's it's hectic. It's chaos, and you know so much so that actually I, I don't know I, I don't know about you where you're up to with planning for Christmas, but I feel like. I've not even really thought about Christmas and, and what's coming. I was chatting with Gary on Monday and he was showing me what he's ordered food-wise for Christmas Day and, you know, it's just some incredible food, but I, I'm cooking for 17 people on Christmas Day. I've got no idea what we're eating. I've got no clue. You know, I feel like we're just, I'm just way behind. Life is bonkers at the minute and, you know, we've just about started to think about presents and, and all of that stuff, but life is busy and I know it gets said every year, but actually I think in amongst all of the chaos and and the busyness, perhaps we can, if we're honest, forget a little bit about why it is that we do all this stuff. Because we run around like headless chickens hitting the shops to buy presents and ordering our turkey or whatever it is that we're eating and we get all this stuff done, but we perhaps neglect and forget and uh, almost kind of push to one side the, the reason why we do all of this stuff. It's great to have nice food. It's great to give amazing gifts. But we've got to remember the why behind the what. You know, Toby's in a in a nativity in a few weeks' time at school. I'm looking forward to that, and he's been practicing his lines. He's a, he's a king. He gets to present Jesus with gold, um, and so you know he's been practicing his lines. It's only like two lines, but he's got it nailed. He's going to be amazing. Um, but you know, school nativities are are awesome. They're so much fun. If you've ever been to a nativity, it's chaos. It's very unprofessional, but it's just it's so much fun but I I don't know about you but but perhaps for me you can be sitting in the crowd and watching this this school nativity and and what I'm thinking is when's my boy's part coming up and how good is he going to say his lines and is he going to remember what to do and is he going to be in the right place at the right time and do what he's supposed to do and I think all parents are there with their cameras out and they're, they're making sure that they capture their child's moment of fame or Maybe you're sitting there in the crowd and you're thinking, why the heck is there a lobster at the nativity? Or maybe you're just watching the kid picking his nose at the back or the child that's fallen asleep or having a tantrum. And, you know, we can be looking at all of these different things and actually fail to notice the amazing story that is being told in this weird and wacky way. That actually it's great to watch our children and grandchildren and whatever doing this, this performance. But what's going on here is they're telling an incredible story of the birth of our Savior. And we've got to remember that in amongst all of the, the humor and the, the kind of proud parent feelings. We've got to remember that actually they're telling an amazing story. According to a study done a few years back, it showed that despite the prevalence of nativity plays and Christian teaching in schools, there are millions of people still confused about why we celebrate Christmas. It's crazy, isn't it? The results showed that one in five Brits didn't know that Jesus was born on Christmas Day, that that's why we celebrate Christmas. One in five people here in Britain. And the team doing the study, they said this, they said, for many of us, Christmas is a festivity we all look forward to celebrating with our loved ones. But over time, it seems that people are becoming more and more unaware about the real reason we mark the day and the story of Jesus. It's scary, isn't it, to think that actually there are people who, who get so caught up in the busyness and the craziness and, the, and all of the stuff that goes along with Christmas that they don't realize Why we celebrate it. That actually there is a reason that we do all of this stuff. The whole reason that we celebrate at this time of year is because love came down. Because love came down. The purpose of his birth was to to set him on a journey towards the cross where ultimately he would die for us, where he would conquer death and he would uh, save us from our sins. And so actually in amongst all the busyness of this time of year, I think it's great that we can just spend a little bit of time reminding ourselves and remembering why it is that we do this, why it is that we celebrate at Christmas and you know i hope and pray that throughout spending some time on this run up through through to christmas with the carol service next sunday with the nativity the week after with our christmas day service that actually as we do all of this stuff as we as we spend some time over the next few weeks actually teaching into the truth around christmas and what it really means that actually it will serve to remind us to to focus our minds on the real meaning of Christmas, perhaps for for some of us to to reveal to us for the first time the true awe and wonder of this time of year. We read when the the angel appeared to Joseph and it says, uh, Mary will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. You shall name him Jesus. Jesus you shall name him Jesus we've talked about before the the kind of importance of names in the Bible and just the power of of what a child or a person is named is so important and the meaning of Jesus is the Lord is salvation or the Lord saves that is the meaning of this name that was given to the birth of our Savior he came to save that was his sole purpose That actually instead of God hitting that reset button and wiping everything out, instead of that, he chose to send his son. He chose to send his son so that instead of us suffering and us dying and us being wiped out and starting again, instead he would provide a way that means we don't need to die. We can have eternal life. Jesus came to save us. That is the, the message of Christmas For God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son that whosoever believes in him should not perish. He's not going to hit the reset button. He's not going to wipe us out. That whosoever believes in him should not die but have eternal life. He could have hit the reset button, but instead he came up with a better plan. He He could have stuck a plaster on it, but instead he provided a permanent solution. Have you ever heard people say, you know, whether you've been chatting with uh, friends from college or, or, or colleagues at work, and they say they hear that you're a Christian, that you go to church, and they say, oh, "I could never step inside of a church. I could never step inside that. I'll burn up if I step over there." I had friends say that to me. Oh, if I stepped in a church, I'd just burn up. I'm, I'm so sin. I've done so much wrong with the way I live, because actually, there's this kind of idea that God's got it in for us. That God is angry with us, that God hates us, that he is not happy with us because of all of the stuff that we do wrong. But let me tell you, God is not mad at you. God is not angry with you. God does not hate you. He loves you. He loves you so much that he chose to send his son to earth to shake off all of his, his might and his power and to be born as a human being into this world because he loves you so much. Because he loves you so much. We've got to remind ourselves of that. We've got to remind ourselves just how much God loves us, that he came to take care of everything that we can't take care of ourselves because we all live in this internal battle with our sinful nature that actually, you know, throughout our our weeks and our days and even our hours and minutes that we have this internal battle between uh, the new us and the old us, the sinful nature and the godly nature, that actually we have this battle. And we can't win that battle without the power of God at work in us through his Holy Spirit. We needed him to come down. We needed him to come down to earth. I love that idea that he didn't choose to hit the reset button. That actually he found another way. Instead, love came down. He chose to get down to where we are, to to lower himself to our level. Can you imagine what that might be like? I mean, have you ever seen a, the, the, what's it called, the, the secret boss or whatever it's called, where a CEO of a business will come in and work at like ground level in a factory or a shop floor, lowering themselves from the echelons of business to come down and work with the minions and see what's really going on. But actually, the, you can't really compare it like that, can you? Because the reality is that he didn't come down to, to get the, the, the goss on what was going on with, with life to actually pull us to one side and say, you can't do that. That's not acceptable in the workplace. Instead, he came down from the higher echelons of heaven to lower himself down to us mere mortals. Not so that he could judge us, not so that he could criticize us, not so that he could pull us up on the things that we're doing wrong. But instead, to act graciously and lovingly to sacrifice himself so that we can have a relationship with our Heavenly Father. So that we can have that relationship that he intended from the beginning. Like Yvonne shared, what he wanted at the beginning of creation was to spend time with us. That he didn't create us to to worship him or to look up to him with awe, although yes, that's great. He chose to create us so that he could share his love with us. Because he has so much love inside of him that he just wants to pour it out onto us. He chose to come down to our level, to lower himself to, to humanity, to come into our space and to show us through action just how much he loves us. No greater love than this, it says in John fifteen thirteen, than to lay down your life for your friends. In the greatest way possible, Jesus showed just how much he loves us. By dying on a cross, he was able to restore that relationship, to to rebuild that bridge between man and God that was broken through sin. He died on a cross so that once again we can come into the presence of God with confidence, not with concern, with boldness, not with fear. Fear. That's what God intended from the very beginning of creation, that we should be in relationship with him, that we should be with him, that we should spend time with him, that we could allow him to love us and we can love him back, that we can just be with our creator, with our heavenly father. It was our sinful nature that created that barrier in the first place and yet Jesus came to smash it down. To break it down, to right the wrong, to bring restoration once and for all, for everyone, everywhere. But why are we talking about the cross? Why are we talking about Jesus' death? It's nearly Christmas, it's not Easter. We should be focusing on the birth of Jesus, not on his death. And that is true, but if you fast forward 30 years from his birth and to the beginning of his ministry, Jesus stood up in the synagogue to read from the scriptures and he chose this passage from Isaiah that says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. At the beginning of his ministry, before he he went on to do all of the incredible things that we can read about in the gospel, he chose to read this, to proclaim this, to declare this over the people. Because he's saying, this is why I have come. It's great to celebrate the birth of Jesus, the arrival of God in human flesh on this earth. But the why behind the what is that, is what he's declaring here. This is what I am here for. This is why I came. This is my purpose. This is my mission. This is my life. I came to heal your hurts. Is there anyone here this morning who is hurting, who is in pain, physical or mental or spiritual or emotional God came to heal your hurts. That is the why behind the what that we celebrate at this time of year. And we need to remember that. We can't just remember a cute baby in a manger surrounded by animals and visited by all these people. We've got to remember the why behind the what. And the why is that he came to heal our hurts. Love came down to rescue us, to save us, to heal us from all the stuff that is broken That is hurting in our lives. And I hope and pray that actually you feel in church that this is a place where you can share some of those hurts and pains. Maybe it's with the leadership. Maybe it's within your life groups. Maybe it's with friends that you have within this building. But I pray and I hope that actually you feel this is a place where you can share your hurts. Because we should absolutely take our our hurts, our pains, our challenging circumstances to the cross and lay them down. But who knows it's good to share it with others. That actually it's good to share what's going on in our lives with those around us. So that they can support us. So that they can encourage us. So that they can lift us up when we are feeling down. That's one of the greatest things I love about church is that we can do this together together that we're here for each other, that we are united with a common purpose, with a common goal, that actually we all serve the same God and what he wants for us is that we are whole, that we are restored. He doesn't expect us to be perfect. He knows that we are going to fail, but he's provided for us this, this model of doing life that means we can surround ourselves with other followers of Jesus so that when we struggle, there'll be someone there to pick us up. And that when we see someone struggling, that we can be their rock, that we can be their strength, that we can help them through their pain, through their struggles. And, and actually, as we begin to share maybe some of what it is that we're going through in this diverse group of people that is called the church, that actually maybe we'll find someone that's been through what we're going through. You know, you could be sitting at work or in college or whatever and thinking, there's no one around me that's going through what I've been through. There's no one that's had to deal with the struggles that I'm dealing with. And, and don't hear me wrong, I'm not saying that everyone's been through exactly the same thing. Every situation is unique. But there will be people in this room who can relate on some level to what it is that you're going through. And when we begin to share some of our hurt and pain and struggle and challenges, we can find those people. And they can encourage us. They can lift up our hands. They can help us through it all. They can encourage us. Don't quit. Don't give up. Don't let go. Keep pressing on. Keep pressing in. Change is coming. Your best is still ahead of you. Let God heal you. Let God do a work in your life. Because that is why he came. He came to heal our hurts. He came to restore the brokenhearted. He came to set free those who are captive and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. That is the why behind the what that we celebrate. What happened? Love came down. Why? To heal us, to restore us. So good. In Isaiah 52, there's a verse that says, how beautiful are the feet of the messenger bringing the good news who proclaim peace and salvation how beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring good news who proclaim peace and salvation and and following on from what John spoke about last year uh, last week sorry that actually this time of year is such a good opportunity for us to be those messengers sharing the good news inviting people to our services in shining a light like he said in the the dark world that we find ourselves living in that actually it's quite easy to take one of those flyers and to give it to someone and say look we're we're doing these things at church we'd love you to come along can you invite someone this week to our carol service next sunday Maybe go one step further. Don't just invite them, but say, I'll come and get you. I will bring you with me to the carol service. You can sit by me. We'll hang out together. It'll be great fun. There's going to be food and drink afterwards. It's going to be lovely. Come along, big it up, sell it to them. Tell them how amazing it's going to be because you are the messengers who are taking the good news The light of salvation to the dark world around you. We can be the messengers. And how beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring the good news to our workplace, to our college, to our street, to our world. Luke tells us in in his telling of the the birth of Jesus about the shepherds. Let me just read to you a few verses. Chapter 2, verse 8. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. I love what it says that actually when they heard the news, it says they went with haste. They went with haste. They didn't pause. They didn't take a moment to just... Let's just spend a few days praying about what it is we should do with this news that we have heard. Let's just have a meeting to discuss how it is that we should respond to this news that has been given to us by the angels. They heard what they heard and they went with haste, with no hesitation, with no uh, doubt, with no pausing. They just heard this news and then they put it into action How beautiful are the feet of the messengers bringing the good news. Well, the shepherds had some good news, didn't they? They'd heard this good news of peace and salvation for everyone, everywhere. And after they'd been and checked it out for themselves, they then shared this news with other people. And it says, all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. They didn't keep it to themselves They didn't hold it inside. They didn't selfishly keep it to themselves. They went and told others. They took this this message of good news and they shared it with their world. They heard, they went with haste, and they shared the good news. You know, you know that as Christians, we are all called to share the good news of Jesus. There is not one of us who is exempt from this call from God to tell others about Jesus. We talked about this a little bit in Life Group this week. And actually, there are people who are gifted with the gift of evangelism. My friend Phil absolutely is an evangelist. He has been gifted by God the gift of evangelism. I have not been given that gift of evangelism. Some people have a gift, other, do, other people do not have a gift, but we are all called to be the messengers sharing the good news. It just looks different. It just looks different. You see, for me, it might look like just handing over a flyer and saying, It'd be good to come to this carol service, it's going to be great. But for Phil, it's so much more urgent than that it's inc- oh you chat to him after the service and let him just share some of his stories it's it's amazing it's so inspiring he's an evangelist i'm not maybe you're sitting there thinking i can't do this that is not me that is not something i'm comfortable with i get that but we're all called to share the good news. Sorry, Phil, for embarrassing you. (laughs) We are all called to be a light to the world. And and actually, you know, like John shared, we have a choice, don't we? We can take that light and and we can put it under a basket and we can hide it so that no one can see it. Or we can take that light and we can stick it way up high so that everyone can see this light. And how do we do that? We just live a life that is honouring to God. God. And actually, when you live a life that is honoring to God, you stand out from the crowd. And then people are interested. And they say, what is it? What is different about you? Why did you bring me those donuts, like John shared last week? Why did you do that? Well, because God loves you. We can choose to hide it, or we can choose to shine bright for all to see. But I think if we're honest, we all know You know, whether there's introverts in the room thinking that is definitely not something God is calling me to do. But I think if we're honest, we all know that actually the Bible tells us we are to share the good news. But we make excuses, don't we? We find reasons why. Oh, actually, I probably shouldn't speak to that colleague and tell him that I went to church on Sunday and actually why I go to church Maybe I should just keep it a secret from, you know, the people around me. We make excuses for why it is that that we shouldn't do it. We can actually know in our head that we are called to share the good news, that we are called to be a light in our world. But then we make excuses that stop us from taking action. We can know something in our head, but perhaps we don't put it into action. But just look at the shepherds. They heard, they knew, and then they put it into action action they didn't wait they didn't make excuses they didn't hesitate they just went it's interesting that actually in hebrew culture to know and to do are intertwined they're intertwined so what that means is you can't have one without the other you can't know and not do to know something is to do it and to not do it is to not know it they're they're related they're connected We know that we should tell people this good news about Jesus. And so if knowing and doing are intertwined, then we can't just know it. We have to do it. We've got to put it into action. We've got to use these feet to take the message of the good news to our world. Knowledge and action. And let's go with haste. Let's go with haste like the shepherds did. Let's be bold. Let's be brave. Let's put our knowledge into action. <clears throat> so I encourage you this morning as we close to, to not become blind in all the busyness and the chaos of, of what happens at this time of year. And, and I love it all, don't get me wrong, I love all the trimmings and, and getting everything ready and making sure that Christmas Day is an enjoyable time for the family. And it, it's great to do all that stuff, but let's not become blind to the true reason of why we do this. Let's not focus so much on the what that we forget the why. Because wrapped up in the complexity of all the finer details, in amongst all of the trimmings of the, the, the who and the where and the when is a simple message. Love came down. Love came down. That is why we celebrate Christmas, because God chose to intervene. He decided not to hit that reset button, but instead to roll up his sleeves, to get stuck in, to send his one and only son to become like us, to relate to us, to be with us. And because of that, because of his decision, because of his one great act of love, we have hope, we have peace, we have salvation. We have a hope to move forward, a a confidence to, to press on, to press in to God's best for our life. So yes, let's enjoy the celebration of Christmas and spending time with our families. But let's not focus just on the what, but remember the why. And actually through remembering the why, we can become the men and the women that God created us to be. Because love came down. Why don't we pray? So, Father God, we just thank you so much for just the the, the joy that comes from celebrating Christmas, and actually uh, just the, the the great times that we know that will come for many of us with spending time with friends and with family, and 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 coming to church and enjoying the carol service, and and all of that stuff that that comes with with this time of year. But God, I pray that we won't focus so much on the what, that we won't get caught up in all of the the busyness that we forget the why behind it. That beautiful, simple why that love came down. And so, God, I pray that as we leave this building this week, that actually you will fill us with the boldness and the courage to to be those beautiful feet sharing the message of good news. That you will give us opportunities uh, and you would open doors for us to to invite people to share something of the true meaning of Christmas. That, God, you will use us as as your feet on this earth to to bring that good news to our world, to to the people that are around us that you won't allow us to make excuses, that you would help us to have the courage to to press through the the fears and the doubts and the insecurities and just to be the the feet of your people, that we would share that good news, that we would take it, that we would shine it like a bright light in this dark world. And we just thank you for sending your son, for rebuilding that bridge, for restoring that relationship with you. And we just want to, praise you and we want to celebrate and we want to thank you for all that you have done in Jesus mighty name